Welcome to China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, has been criticized for suggesting that Taiwan is a trap for Europe and saying we should not get caught up in a crisis which is not ours. He made the remarks following a trip to Beijing, where he met President Xi Jinping. China regularly sends fighter jets and warships close to Taiwan, and it stepped up its pressure on the island after the Taiwanese president made a stopover visit to the United States in April. Communist China has never ruled Taiwan, which has a multi-party democracy, but it does claim it as its own territory. Well, I'm pleased to welcome back to the podcast an expert who's well-placed to help us understand the implications of Mr. Macron's comments. He's Hans Maul, Senior Associate Fellow at the Mercator Institute for China Studies in Berlin. Hans, thanks for joining us again. It's my pleasure, Duncan. Nice to be back. Can I start, please, by reading an extract from that interview, which President Macron did with Politico and Les Agoles? He asked, is it in our interest to accelerate on the subject of Taiwan? No. The worst thing would be to think that we Europeans must follow on this topic and adapt to the American rhythm and a Chinese overreaction. He also implied that Europe needs to become more independent from the United States on security issues. What did you make of the president's remarks? The overall reaction in Europe to these remarks has been catastrophically bad for Macron. So let me start by uh, offering a bit of sympathy uh, for his argument, because I think the argument is actually not wrong. Uh, and I share his concern, actually, about the what you could call the escalatory dynamic uh, in the relationship between China and the United States. What I disagree with is the way it was phrased uh, by Macron, by President Macron, and also the timing. I mean, all this was uh, very unfortunate. And there are actually differences between the two interviews which President Macron gave, one in Les Echos and one in Politico. And the Politico version is the tougher one. And it makes, in my view, the mistaken assessment that the problems of escalation are only due to what the United States is doing. I think what we really have is an escalatory process in which China is at least as important an actor as the United States. Well, I can understand why the journalists who did the interview with the president wanted to get a story out of it. Um, I'd also point out that I think it was actually done on an aeroplane. Doesn't uh, the president take advice from his foreign minister, Catherine Colonna, Aren't there diplomats telling him to watch his step when he speaks to the press, especially during a long flight back from Asia? Uh, how can someone who has professionally advised do such bad timing with a speech like that, with a publication of interviews uh, like that? How can a professional team allow the different nuances and the lack of clarity? So, uh, I mean, either you wonder about the quality of the team surrounding him, do they not understand the issues properly? Or you have to ask yourself, is he not listening to them? I don't know what the explanation is, but it clearly has been a communications disaster, whatever you think of the substance of the remarks uh, which Macron made. And uh, it is uh, troubling to see uh, that this could happen to uh, 
uh, a, a very professional diplomatic body as uh, the French diplomacy has. Well, let's think about the substance of the remarks then. What do you think Mr Macron is actually saying? Do you think he's really saying Taiwan is not Europe's problem, we don't need to worry about it? He has backstepped that, uh, of course, uh, he, and he has gone back on this uh, recently. He has been trying to say, no, no, you have misunderstood me, and I'm basically firmly on the line of the European position uh, on Taiwan. And the European position has been expressed very clearly, it seems to me, by uh, Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, in her speech and in her positions taken in China during the visit she took with uh, President Macron. That position is no change of the status quo other than by mutual agreement and peaceful means uh, and no coercive uh, activities to undermine the status quo by any of the parties. Uh, one wonders why uh, Macron did not make this point in this interview if he sees it in those terms. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that meeting between the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen and Xi Jinping in Beijing because Emmanuel Macron was also uh, involved in those talks. They went together, didn't they? But Emmanuel Macron was saying to Xi Jinping, I hope that you can bring Vladimir Putin into the discussions to uh, end the war in Ukraine. Bring Russia to its senses, was the phrase I think that uh, President Macron used. Again, alongside these comments in relation to Taiwan, it does appear as though Mr. Macron is taking a more accommodating approach towards China and Russia than other European figures, including Ursula von der Leyen. Absolutely. I mean, the impression created by the interviews and by all we have seen and heard about President Macron's encounters uh, in China with President Xi uh, is this difference which you pointed out. Uh, one can only come to the conclusion that uh, the position that President Macron took in China is not compatible fully with the position of the European Union. And as I said, this is a position of long standing. So uh, one wonders why he decided to take Ursula von der Leyen along, uh, particularly after she gave a rather hawkish speech on China. I thought it was a very good speech, uh, but it was a somewhat hawkish speech Macron must have been aware of this. It must have been part of his effort to demonstrate European unity. What was the point of this exercise if then he takes positions which are rather different from the positions taken by her? Well, um, I know that you've been looking carefully at that quote from Mr. Macron, and you don't quite interpret it in the same way as the media have. But, I mean, let's look at the reaction. Uh, let's turn to a U.S. Senator, Marco Rubio. Now, he said in a video which he posted on Twitter that President Macron's interview was troubling uh, and it suggests that there might be a, an opportunity now for Washington to rethink its support for Ukraine. Marco Rubio said, if Macron speaks for all of Europe and their position is now, we're not going to pick sides between the US and China over Taiwan. Maybe we, the United States, should not be picking sides and let them handle Ukraine, end of quote. Well, you've already uh, cast doubt on whether Mr. Macron speaks for all of Europe. 
But the second point is whether Ukraine and Taiwan are linked. How do you see the connection between Ukraine and Taiwan? Yes, I do think that two problems are linked. And the most obvious way in which they are linked is, of course, that both Ukraine and Taiwan depend on U.S., ultimately on U.S. security support to guarantee, to sustain, to uphold their independence and their democratic self-determination, self-governance. The European Union is, no matter how much uh, President Macron thinks has been achieved already in terms of progress towards strategic autonomy, the European Union is certainly not strategically autonomous enough to uphold Ukraine's uh, independence against the pressure of Russia and against the Russian aggression. The same situation you have in, in Taiwan. The United States is needed. The European Union couldn't do anything to prevent China from taking it over. So uh, American securities are needed, uh, and America can expect from its partners uh, support in return, that it will expect support in return from its allies and partners uh, on issues in East Asia uh, after it has come to the support of European security in uh, the Russian attack on Ukraine. Well, fortunately, at this point, the idea as to uh, who would come to Taiwan's defence if it was attacked is a hypothetical question, but it is an urgent question. Now, we know that uh, President Joe Biden has said several times that America would defend Taiwan. What do you think would happen in terms of the European countries? Assuming a crisis in Taiwan, the European response, I would expect, would be similar to the one in Ukraine, uh, above all economic sanctions, and first of all, economic sanctions. But I think you would have an economic response by the Europeans uh, collectively, uh, and I hope it would be a united, as it was in the case of the Ukraine, that uh, you have European Union decisions uh, to impose retaliatory economic measures on China. It's clear that uh, the European Union does, have, does not have any significant military assets. So in military terms, there's very little they could do to help Taiwan defend, defend itself or help the United States uh, defend Taiwan. But uh, the economic responses have to uh, be uh, clear. And this is, of course, where we also are in a situation of uh, deterrence where we have, uh, we meaning the Europeans, where the Europeans have to be aware that they have a certain responsibility for upholding the status quo in the Taiwan Strait. And the impact created by Macron's interview is undermining this deterrent effect. This is one of the, the, the problematic fallouts from this. As long as the Chinese side can assume that the European response will be not a joint response, not a common response, as long as it can assume that there may be differences and indeed divergencies in the European position, they may be encouraged to increase the pressure on Taiwan. So uh, while the European role in East Asia is a limited one and a marginal one, perhaps even the issue of economic responses to a Chinese effort to change the status quo in the Taiwan Strait uh, is significant and is important. I suppose to some extent, Mr. Macron may be taking the view that it would be better to try to solve these difficult issues by diplomatic means 
rather than just uh, relying on force and military deterrence. And, and uh, therefore, I actually see a connection between uh, what he's been saying about Ukraine uh, and what he's been saying about Taiwan, because in terms of Ukraine, he's clearly hoping that perhaps Xi Jinping would be able to uh, put pressure on Russia and then that might be an end to the fighting. And, you know, he did talk about the escalation by China of the Taiwan issue. So it seems as though in Mr. Macron's mind, talking to Xi Jinping, having a dialogue is the best thing to do from a diplomatic perspective. I think you're right, Duncan. Um, this may well be the hope and the expectation and the assumption behind uh, Macron's uh, trip to China, the hope that he would be able to persuade Xi Jinping to do more on, on halting or stopping the war in Ukraine, finding a peaceful solution to that conflict than he has done so far, than China has done so far. But if that was the purpose of the visit, I just do not see any results. Uh, and I think the uh, French president has to ask himself, did I get anything out of this visit in terms of China's policies towards Ukraine? If you look at the joint communique uh, published after the conversations, uh, there's no indication there. There are sort of platitudes, generalities, uh, but no indication, no specific willingness by China expressed to do anything about putting pressure on Russia, uh, trying to use its influence with Russia. A few sort of even low-hanging fruits, which you could have expected uh, Macron to collect in the terms of promised by Xi Jinping to telephone soon with uh, President Zelensky, which he has not done so far. He has agreed to talk at some point in the future, but only when the time is right. This seems to me, uh, you know, almost a slap in the face against uh, of the expectations which Macron entertained there. So I do not see any concrete result, however modest, in terms of a Chinese contribution to de-escalate the war in uh, Ukraine and act as a true mediating party, as a party which makes an effort to halt the fighting. Thank you, Hans, for providing real insight into this topical and important issue. That was Hans Moll, Senior Associate Fellow at the Mercator Institute for China Studies in Berlin. This podcast is produced by the SOAS China Institute, and you can find out more about our courses and research on our website, soas.ac.uk. But for now, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team.